Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. I had the privilege in Israel last week of bumping into uh, Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner. He's the IDF spokesperson and uh, we agreed there and then that he needed to join us and uh, needed to join me on the show. Peter Lerner, very good morning. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Morning, Howard. Great to be here. It's uh bright sunny morning uh, here in Israel I am uh, you know getting ready for another day <laughs> quite literally in the trenches because this war is that isn't it where there is the physical war the war that that took place in the Gaza uh, in the Gaza envelope there's the war in the north there's the war in Gaza and of course there is the war on media it's always been very very intense but this one seems to be uh, at, at, at another level from my perspective what do you think um, absolutely uh, Hamas as a terrorist organization has from the outset of this war uh, has done everything possible in order to amplify the atrocities and instill terror and fear in Israel. Uh, um, they were so brutal on that day that they left Israel with no choice but to embark on this war in order to dismantle them once and for all and bring back a sense of security to the people of Israel in the south and beyond. But it's remarkable that they amplified it but are still getting away with people denying it. Uh, this is the amazing age and era we live in, Howard, uh, where people are are brought up to disbelieve what they see with their eyes, and then um, so doubt, um, and then try and uh, make rationalise what they're seeing. Unfortunately, in this case, it is exactly as it appears. It appears to be a brutal, merciless attack on Israel, Israel retaliating in a way which is decisive in its um, essence, uh, but the images are very, very challenging and disturbing, and the images of war are not pleasant, to, and that would probably be an understatement. Mm, mm. Uh, this is, the, this is the, the, the era we live in, unfortunately, where everything is um, hyper-social, it goes from one minute to another, and, or, and it's like wildfire. Um, and the other side are mass manipulators, professional mass manipulators, in order to project their power internally and to project the strife and, um, and difficulties of the Palestinian people in Gaza uh, globally. So it's, a two, it's, it's like a split screen mm. um, that you're constantly watching, getting two different types of images. Uh, but it all, all of it is a result of that brutal attack on the 7th of October. So were you, were you, had you retired from the army? Howard, I retired seven years ago. I hung up my uniform right. very proudly, but I was very, I was, quite frankly, I was exhausted from the activity, from being in service for so long. I wanted to be um, a full-time dad with, for my then six-year-old daughter. That's what I wanted to do. I see. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, what happened on the 7th of October was a very, very rude awakening for so many Israelis. 
that saw with horror what was happening on those very first hours of the mass murder, the the infiltration, indeed the air, the um, uh, paragliders coming over the fence. Um, when my wife, we were watching it in horror on unraveling on television mm -hmm. in the very very early hours of that day. She looked at me. She said, "Peter, they're coming for us too." Um, uh, that was for me. That was more than enough to reach out to my unit and say, "If you need me, I will be available for you." Um, and since then, it's now 140 days of reserve mm -hmm. duty. It, it's just in, incredible because that was the the one of the distinct impressions that I got is the stories of October the 7th from the Israeli perspective are, are very, very real. And, and as it dawned on people just how serious this was, how Israel had been caught on the back foot, you started to see exactly these types of stories of people saying, right, that's it, I've got something to offer. I'm getting involved because we all have to roll up, roll up our sleeves here. And, and there is an incredible feeling of that, um, of that commitment to do whatever people are able to do uh, in order to assist. Absolutely. 300,000 reservists like myself uh, were called up. We had units with 130, 140% uh, reporting for duty, so it would just go to show that people that were not even called up came and said, well, "I'm here to do my service." Mm, mm. Um, because of the, you know, I on that day itself, I lost two uh, friends. Um, my daughter that I talked about, she's now 12 years old. Uh, a sister of her friend was at the party at the Nova. Oh, yeah. So it, it it touches everybody. Mm, it's, it, mm. it, it's it's so it is everywhere. Um, I never thought that I would be in uniform again. I never thought that I would have to be in uniform. I never thought that there would be a scenario that I, you know, I'm now seven years older, probably a few pounds heavier, a few less hairs on my head. Uh, why would they call me up? Um, there are other generations that have been since, since I left. Um, and, and indeed, I volunteered. So here I am. I'm very proud today to wear the uniform of the IDF. Um, it's not without challenge. Of course, there are, you know, the battleground is, is um, a very, very dense fog of war constantly. There are mistakes that do happen in the battleground, but I do feel that it is an absolute just war, a war that we have no choice, a war that was brought upon us, as you rightly said, when, as we were on the rear foot. Um, but we have, to, we have to persevere. We have to come through as a society, as a country, as a society. Uh, and as a people, because we know that everywhere in this region, there are people that still haven't come to terms with our existence here. And therefore, there are people that are looking on, on us from the north, like Hezbollah, um, from Iran, and they're rubbing their hands together thinking, ha, huh, when will be the best time for mm, us to, mm. to do this? Um, so we need to be prepared. We need to be very, very strong. Uh, we have the ability of our... Um, Air Force, our ground forces and naval forces, uh, we, you know, that despite the initial shock of that day and the, the clear and apparent failures or to understand what our enemy's intentions were, uh, we have turned it around and we are taking the battle to them. Every single day we are engaging them throughout the Gaza Strip, um, in the north, in the, in the center, in the, in the south, wherever Hamas is, we are pursuing them, hunting them down and killing them.
So one of the questions that I always get, or it's, it's not even a question, it's just a way to attack me and, uh, and anything I say about Israel, is that, well, the bombings that Israel is carrying out in Gaza, how many hostages have... Uh, has Israel killed in the process? Now, obviously, we know about the tragic incident in December. That wasn't the bombing. Uh, do we have any sense of how uh, the hostages have been impacted by this massive war in Gaza? And that's it. It doesn't mean that it would be Israel's fault anyway, uh, just to, 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 to qualify that. Uh, the hostages were taken by Hamas. In it, we've informed 32 families of, of their, that their loved ones have been killed or uh, were killed by Hamas uh, during uh, the war so far. Uh, this is a, a devastating number, of course. Uh, there are still a, a, there are a total of 134 Israelis being held by Hamas in Gaza. Uh, they need to be brought home, they need every single one of them. Uh, and as you rightly pointed out, the circumstances is these people should not be in Gaza. Our efforts, as we proved uh, three weeks ago, in a very, very heroic um, under under fire uh, rescue mission, uh, that we have the ability to create the operational conditions based on precise intelligence to bring hostages home. I can share with you, Howard, that we've called off missions because we thought that they could not, they might not be successful. Um, but uh, we need to continue to amass the pressure in order to create conditions perhaps to bring back hostages um, through diplomacy or through, uh, or through operations. Mm. Absolutely right, uh, Peter Lerner. That is where we leave it. Well, welcome back. It is great uh, chatting to you. It was certainly great bumping into you. And uh, no doubt we will be in contact with you. That's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner, IDF spokesperson, uh, talking about uh, the fact that he has now uh, been called up. He came back to uh, become the uh, IDF spokesperson uh, from October the 7th and giving us just a little bit of context around this war. It is 7.30.